Thank you for joining Life Builders Church in Rangbar. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you. Today's sermon, we're going to be looking at God plus a bit or unmet expectations. Let's pray. Dear God, we come before you with nervousness because we stand before the throne of grace and we know your love, but we also acknowledge your holiness. We acknowledge, Lord, that you alone are truly God and that we are nothing without you. You are our everything. And we just thank you, Lord, that you loved us so much that you allowed us to come back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, unmet expectations. For those coming to the baptisms, this is Fawn. This is our dog that we rescued from death row a couple of years ago. Fawn has a lot of unmet expectations. Fawn we call the tongue on legs. If we had a burglar come to the house, she would not only open the door and show them where the jewellery is, she'd love them on the way in and love them on the way out. But Fawn has a weakness for food. Fawn only needs a little bit of food every day. But if you leave that big bucket of food out there, she has unmet expectations that you're just going to keep feeding her. And those big puppy eyes come out and it melts your heart. But you know deep down that if you do give in, it's actually damaging for her. Isn't it? Isn't that right in our whole life? Don't we have unmet expectations in our life? Think about your life. Think about the unmet expectations. And be honest with yourself. Are they of God or are they really not going to help you? Let's have a bit of a look. What I want and what I deserve... If you have children or a husband or a wife, you're no doubt going to find dirty dishes in the sink. How many times have you found dirty dishes in the sink? It is amazing how often the magic kitchen pixie fairy cleans up these dishes and they're magically back in the cupboard. Amen? Yeah, I see a lot of houses. I have an unmet expectation that my house is going to be clean and it continues to be unmet to this day. But it still gets done, doesn't it? We have unmet expectations about the perfect job that we think we should deserve or the perfect life. Perhaps you're a pensioner. Perhaps you're barely scraping to put butter on bread and you look out your window and you see people driving through Maccas and driving their big cars and buying their 80-inch TVs and you're like, what's fair in that? Where's the fairness? Where's my expectation? Or perhaps you're that poor person who notices the person in church standing by themselves and goes, oh, here I go again. There's an expectation. Someone else is going to talk to them, but it's up to me again. Now, don't lie. We've all had that. We've all felt that at times. We've seen someone no one else wants to talk to. And God says, that's your job. Go do it. We have unmet expectations throughout our life. Quite often we ask, why is it always me? I'm faithful, Lord. I really try and yet it just won't click. Do you ever feel that? Do you ever go and look for God more than God at times and then you fall on your knees and say, why am I doing this, Lord? Why don't I ever seem to find you enough? You look around the world and you say, what is going on? Evil is prospering. What is happening, Lord? Life is so unfair. Does Bible have the answers? Of course it does. The Bible has all the answers. And they're always right, so let's take a look. The story of Achan. Who's heard of Achan? Anyone? A few people. Achan was part of 
the Israelites. They've got out of Egypt, they've wandered around the desert for 40 years and they're about to cross the river to take on Jericho. And what does God say? He makes a promise to Joshua. The gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and fighting men. That's a big promise. That's the promise. But there are some rules. The city and all that is in it are be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her house shall be spared. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. All the silver and gold, the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. They put all the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. So we're thinking, good, the battle's done, they've done what they're told, we're right to go. And this is where the wheels fall off in life, isn't it? Something goes wrong. Achan wanted more. But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan took some of them, so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. The story, they've just taken on this massive city, a massive city in that time, thrashed them. So Joshua sends a small party up to the city called Ai and they get their butts handed to them. They get thrashed. And Joshua falls on his ground and says, Lord, what is going on? What is happening here? I don't understand. And what does God say? In summary, and the click is going to work, I think the click is broken. God is holy, is what God says. God says, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken from the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore until you destroy whatever is devoted to destruction among you. God is holy. We don't muck around with God. God is pure. God is holy. Yes, he's love, but he's also holy. What happens in this story? God says divide the Israelites up. They divide up the nation. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller until Achan and his family are pulled out. And at that point, he confesses. Think about that. This guy has watched his nation and his friends get killed. He has watched it slowly narrow down to the point where it's only him and he still says nothing. Only at the point where the proof is sitting right in his face does he go, I made a mistake. And he dies for it. He is killed for what he's done. We can't muck around with God. God is the only expectation that ever fulfills. And when God says do something... He means it. He doesn't muck around. There's no if, buts, maybe. There's no grey. When God says go, he means go. That's one side. But life is not always like that. Let's have a look at David. For King David, God was enough. David was the king who went to war. David was the king who thrashed the Philistines. David was the king who was God's instrument to build the nation of Israel. But David spilt enormous amounts of blood. 
David came to God and said, I want to build you a temple. And what does Solomon record from his father David? My father David had it in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, you did well to have it in your heart, the temple for my name. Nevertheless, you are not the one to build it. Your son, your own flesh and blood, he is the one who will build your temple for my name. So think about that. If you're David, are you going to go, yep, or are you going to sit there and go, I can't believe it. You sent me out to war. You told me to do this and now I want to do something for you and you say no. I mean, you can kind of understand some petulance that might come in. But is that what David does? No. David goes, okay, fine, you're God, I'll do what you say. So David stores up treasure for Solomon to build the temple. David invests in Solomon, trains him, disciples him, grows him so he can be the king to build the temple for the Lord. David obeyed and he found God's favour. Achan disobeyed and he found death and punishment. Unmet expectations. God is all. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. Now David fell at times in his life but for this particular story he kept his heart focused on God. That was God's will, that's what I'm going to follow. Proverbs says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it throw the royal spring of life. The Bible says be careful what you put in because what you put in will grow out. Have a think about it. Are we like Achan? Are we storing things under our tent that nobody can see? Are we picking away? Are we not being obedient to God? Are we not following through on what his word says? Are we trimming bits off? Or are we taking David's approach and going, all yours? That's what God is asking for. That is what God is demanding. That is the holy God we serve. David kept God at the centre and he found joy. Achan kept himself at the centre and he found misery. Beware of self. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is the tree of life. Have you ever wanted something you couldn't have? Wanted something you thought you deserved? Wanted something that was your right? It eats away at you, doesn't it? The more you dwell on it, the more it eats at your heart. The things that I should have been able to do. Someone who should step up. Someone who isn't the person I thought they'd be. It eats at you. What does James say? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they know they come from the desires, your desires, that battle within you? When you use the words I, me, my, self, you know you're in trouble. You have to look at God. David desired God and was fulfilled. Achan desired things and he left empty and alone. The more we focus on the things we think we deserve, our unmet expectations, the less we can let God in. We need to let go, focus on him and say, it's not about me, Lord. It's all about you. Get right with God. Yoda. I love Star Wars. Search your feelings, let go of your hate, says Yoda to Luke. This George Lucas stole this directly from Ephesians 3, 
431, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, among with every form of malice. Just read that quietly to yourself again. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Take a quick stock check in your life right now. Are you like David looking outwards toward God? Or are we like Achan looking inwards towards ourself? Where is our life not on the railroad tracks of God? God's a lot like a train. You can't DV off. There's one way, only one way, only one way with one engine and we're on the train or we're not. There's no middle ground. Are we outward God or inward self? Yep. So what does this actually mean? Have a think about the last week of your life. Have a think about what would your life have looked like if you and I and every person we met stowed our unmet expectations. Think about every argument you've had this week, you've seen every piece of anger. If you're into climate change, think about that crazy climate summit they're having at the moment. Everybody's expectations got stowed and we stopped and we picked up the Bible and we said, what does God want? And we did just that. How different would your last week have been? Now think about the next week. We keep talking about we want revival, we want to see the world change. We said last week, God doesn't have a plan B, it's just us. What can we stow this week to represent Jesus to those around us? Think about what you've got coming up this week. Do you have that big meeting? Are you going home to crack your husband over the head for leaving dirty dishes in the sink? What have you got planned for this week? Look at, are you being an Achan? Are you being a David? Where is your heart? What are you trying to get out of this? Are you going, I deserve? Or are you acknowledging that we deserve nothing outside the grace of God and saying, Lord, let me be your love in this situation? challenge you in this coming week, instead of saying, I want you plus a bit, ask, what can I do for Jesus? If we really want the world to change, if we're really serious about God, being Jesus everywhere we go, in prayer, in support of each other, is the way that God will work through us. There's a prayer up there I'm going to ask us to pray and then we're just going to bow in prayer for a minute and think about it. Father, help me search my heart and focus on you. I acknowledge I must seek repentance through Jesus and restitution from those around me. Both are required for Christian living and to be your witness here. Forgive me for my reaction to unmet expectations. Help me to handle all situations better. Help me instead to seek to love others as you love me, to let go of my anger, to build others up instead of tearing them down. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Take 60 seconds. Get before the throne of grace. Meet the person of Jesus Christ and ask ourselves, where are we really? Father God, I just want to thank you that we don't have to do it on our own. You don't expect us to and you never did. 
you brought us Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to guide us in all that we do. We all make mistakes, Lord, and we are sorry. But Lord, the great joy of this is that if we just ask, you will step in. You will write your love on the tablet of our heart. You will entwine our souls. You will wrap us in your hug of love. You will walk with us and you will be our all in all. Lord, I just want to thank you. I can't do it on my own. I acknowledge that. And I just pray, Lord, that you will work through me, through each of us, to help us stow what we think we need and to just remember that the only thing that matters is you. And we thank you for the witness of the baptisms we have today, for people who are saying exactly that. The only thing I need is Jesus Christ. In your name. Amen. We pray you've enjoyed this message from Life Builders Church in Rainbow. For more information about our church, please go to our website at www.lifebuilderschurch.org.au. Till next time, God bless.